Welcome to the new episode of Starting Your Own Coffee Shop. I am Jerry Stolani, the founder of Cafe Chocolat in downtown DC. I had no experience when I started four years ago. And if I can do it, you can too. Tune in. Hello, friends. I recorded the final episode of Ristretto Time a few months back. And I said that was going to be the final episode, and it is. Um, I had this, you know, kind of itch, or I don't know if you want to call it itch. It's it's mostly, you know, kind of cloud just hanging over the entire series uh, where I felt that I needed to explain that it wasn't all complete without dedicating an entire episode to the elephant in the room. The fact that after hard work of three years and a half, we had to shut Cafe Chocolat down to not bring it back again. And if you've listened to all the episodes or if you've listened to some of the episodes, I do spend some time talking about what made it amazing and how successful it was for when... Obviously, we were open. So I'm sure some of you may have the question, well, if it was that great, how come you never brought it back? Or how come it failed? And I've thought about that. And and I think I need to address that in order for this entire podcast to really be complete and find closure. So today, I'm going to talk about how Café Chocolat shut down or how you know I decided to shut it down what that meant what the rest of the story was what we're going through right now cuz obviously it's not it's not finished when you have a business like this it takes time for it to just kind of go away right there's contracts that you sign with your landlords. There's contracts that you sign with the banks. There's contracts with suppliers. And one thing you'll find out is at the end of the day, everybody wants their money back. And uh, rightly so, right? And nobody really cares why you're shutting your business down or where it hurts. Everybody you know, wants their piece of the pie. And I mean, it's capitalism. Like I have no quarrels with that. It hurts um, when you're <laughs> on the receiving end of all this. But I mean, this is the game, right? These are the rules and this is what we signed up for. And we have to take it all the way to the end. So we shut Cafe Chocolat down in July of 2020. When I shut it down, I remember as if it was today, it was a Thursday, that entire day, we made $15 in sales. Basically, this was the height of everybody staying home, especially in our location in downtown DC, where everybody that works there is some type of a consultant that does not necessarily need to be in an office. Obviously, our clientele just dried up. I mean, sure, we had people come, 
Um, and sure, we sold some chocolates here and there or some drinks here and there, but yeah, that, that water tap was shut down completely. And I, I looked at the team. It was probably about 1.30ish or 2 p.m. at the time. I turned around. I looked at the sales. It was $15. And I said to everybody, I said, guys, this is it. We are closing shop. And everybody just quietly, there was no gasp, there was no, <laughs> there was no surprise. Uh, it just felt very kind of like, yep, this is the end of the road for all of us. And, you know, I said, all right, well, let's, let's close shop, let's pick up, and let's figure out what we're going to do uh, the next day. Now, one of the things that I had in mind was I was fine, personally, because I had started some while the shop was open i had started doing some consulting and education and i had turned that into somewhat of a part-time job so i knew that the next day i could still continue making a living right and and it paid well however for my team obviously this was it this was their income uh, so so that weighed heavy um, on me um, i decided to get on Instagram and posted a video basically just requesting help from the community to set up a fund to at least get my employees paid for an entire month. And the response was amazing. We were able to literally get $5,000 within like three, four hours or something of me posting that video. I mean, everybody just, their outpour was insane from all of our customers, even people who were following us on Instagram or any of these other social media sites who had never been to the shop, contributed a dollar, two dollars, 500 bucks, whatever. So we were able to raise enough money uh, to be able to pay all of the employees 40 hours a week for a whole month. I did another round of that, so we were able to extend it for a little bit, and all that money went to went to the staff. Um, and then that, you know, it wasn't much, obviously, right? Because at the end of once that money runs out, everybody has to figure out what to do. But given that this was service industry, everything was shut down. You know, everybody was worried. So, so we had a a great outpour of support from the community. But that still didn't matter, right? At like the end of the ba- at the end of the day, the business was closed. One of the things that I was worried about when we closed the shop was the equipment, right? I knew that us closing the shop and we were, you know, a few years into a ten year lease uh, was going to cause problems with the landlord, and um, didn't know really what that meant but at the end of the day you know our hands were tied like there was no way i could keep a business running with 15 dollars in sales a day right knowing that you know the lease or just just the employees cost me an average of about 300 350 dollars a day right so and and i was working you know my wife was working and i couldn't there was no way we could really kind of support, maintain the business open. Uh, we tried a couple of things. I tried just doing chocolate deliveries. And even that was a drop in the bucket. I think we made probably like, uh, you know, 
8% of the total monthly sales by me, you know, taking my son who was two years old at the time in the car with me and just driving around DC, you know, delivering uh, chocolate, to, chocolate to people. So, so that didn't work out. It wasn't sustainable. Anyway, uh, to make a long story short, I reached out to my landlord uh, and my landlord basically said, listen, I don't care if you're struggling, we're all struggling, you still have to pay rent. Um, it, you know, not 100% of it, but 50% of it. And it was, it was, I couldn't support it. You know, I couldn't maintain the business and still pay rent knowing that the shop was closed um, indefinitely. So, so I just did what, you know, people who can't afford to pay do. Don't pay right? Um, and started getting into a negotiation. Obviously, lawyers got involved and things like that. So one of the things that I, one of the big lessons that I got out of this is never sign a personal guarantee on anything. I know you cannot start a business 90% of the time without signing a personal guarantee on a loan or a personal guarantee on a lease. But now that I was at the other end of it, um, it was, it was, it made everything so much more difficult because I had to obviously involve my wife on this and, and, and once you do a personal guarantee, that's it. You know, your, your future income is on the line, not just the shop, right? If the shop fails, you're still responsible for everything. And we were only about three years and a half, four years into a 10-year lease. So the landlord said, you know what? I'm not letting you go out of the lease. And you're going to face this if you ever get into a situation where you are going to, where you have to fail. And again, failure is a bigger part than success when you're running a business, I know in a few episodes earlier, I said that, you know, and you know the cliche, right? Nine out of 10 businesses fail. I think the number is probably higher than that, um, depending on how, like over a, th- a three-year period, 95% of all businesses or 98% of all businesses fail or something like that, um, or don't make it past three. So chances are not everybody who's listening to this or who's wanting to start a, sh- a coffee shop will do well in a coffee shop. Uh, and it's a tough business. I mean, retail business is a tough business. So so just prepare yourself because you might run into this situation, right? Um, and once the business shut down, I had basically a government loan, an SBA loan. And I also had um, the lease, which was the two biggest things. Um, it took about a year, year and a half, but we were able to negotiate ourselves out of the lease. We had to pay some blood money, uh, to the landlord. It is what it is. Uh, but at least it was a little bit less than 15% of what the landlord actually wanted, um, for me to get out of the lease. But it took a year, year and a half of back and forth and lawyers and, you know, emails and things like that for us to come to that agreement. So that is off my shoulders right now. The one thing that's not off my shoulders and and will not get off my shoulders until it's paid off is the SBA loan. Uh, When I talked about finances in the episode about finances, I did say that 
there's a misconception that SBA loans means if you fail, the government picks up the tab. Sure, the government may back up your loan, but they also want to get paid back, right? So what that means is they can work with you, they can turn it into a personal loan or whatever, extend it, but at the end of the day, you have to pay back every single dollar um, of that loan, which is where I am right now. You know, we're, I think I have another three years or three years and a half on that loan. Um, so we're making monthly payments and, and that's it. It's just, it is what it is until we're able to just kind of maybe maybe write a check and pay it off <clears throat> if we ever get to that point. Um, but again, you know, these are, these these are, you know, the kind of stressful things that people don't really talk about or that you don't hear about because everybody wants to talk about success. Everybody wants to talk about that small chance of you succeeding, right? But I think what you should really spend some time considering with your family is what happens in case shit, right? What happens in case what we thought was going to work, it's not going to work out. Now we're going to be left with all of these things that we signed and people don't care. It's a business, right? It's a, it's a business. And what happens is everybody will come out of the woodwork and start calling and ask for every single penny that they might have missed on an invoice before two years earlier or, or whatever. The moment they hear you're out of business or you're going out of business, your phone will start ringing, you know, from people that you haven't heard in years going, hey, you know, I, I actually, you shortchanged me a dollar on this one invoice. You know, I need that one dollar back. Um, and there are some, uh, if you're leasing equipment, if you're leasing POSs or any of the equipment, it's really hard to return it. Um, even if you return it, you will have to get your, you'll have to get lawyered up for every single dollar because you'll start getting billed. You'll start getting letters from different lawyers. You'll start getting all kinds of stuff. Even if it's like a hundred bucks, even if it's a hundred and like 80 bucks, it doesn't matter. Um, everybody will come back and will want to claim everything that you agreed on a piece of paper on, right? And it doesn't matter. I mean, I've, I've called my, my business insurance company and I said, listen, guys, you know, I mean, I, I've closed my business a year and a half ago. You're saying I have to continue paying you because it's a yearly payment and it doesn't matter. Um, as long as the LLC is still alive, even if the shop is not there anymore, the business insurance company will want to get paid um, and you'll have to figure out a way to you'll have to figure out a way to get them off your shoulders. And I'm not sure. I'm not a lawyer, so don't take my advice as legal advice um, at all. You know, I did it the hard way with, you know, having to deal with sometimes even with collection agencies and things like that. I mean, it is what it is, right? I mean, closing a business is <laughs> is, is ugly um, and things get ugly and then you're, you're just going to have to deal with it. Um so, you know, just just really plan for it. 
plan for it, not just from a number standpoint or from just a strategic standpoint on how we're going to make ends meet if the business doesn't fail, but even from a psychological standpoint, because it's going to be really tough. It's going to be really tough on you. It's going to be really tough on your spouse or whoever supporting the business, your partners, and it's going to be really tough on their families as well. If you're going to end up owning um, a loan or a lease when the business is closed and there's no revenues being generated and for the next few years you're going to have to continue making payments, um, it's going to be really tough on on everybody. So, you know, you've got to prepare yourself. you got to prepare the people around you. But ultimately, I think you have to have the frame of mind that whatever happens, this is your equivalent of college, Right? In college, you pay tuition and it's $100,000, whatever it is, with the hopes that after you're done, you're going to get a good job or you're going to, what you learn is going to serve you to make you more money so that what your lessons are worth it. And for me, I looked at it that way. I said, hey, listen, you know, yes, it sucked. Yes, all that opportunity, all that um, income that I could have made just getting a regular nine to five job I've lost and now I'm going to still have to pay for for everything that I owe until um, I make good on those debts and, and those documents that I've signed. Uh, but I look at it as tuition. I look at it as what I've learned and and how it can serve me, right? I just look at it as college. Um, I was also lucky in the sense that you know, that knowledge I was able to parlay into maybe not a, a, a service industry job or a retail job, but a different kind of a situation. But at least it's helping me kind of pay those bills and, and support my family as much as 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 we can. Right. So I'm lucky in that sense. Uh, but I know that a lot of people who lose businesses are not that lucky and they have to go back and start Ubering and, and just really try to figure out, get two, three jobs to make ends meet. So, you know, it doesn't always end. And I consider myself, you know, when I look at how the business shut down for me, I think of it as, oh, it's peachy. You know, yeah, it's it sucks. Yeah, we have to pay money. Yeah, we lost, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars, you know, kind of setting it up. Um, but that's the cost of doing business. You know, you you... You go in, you know what you're facing with, and you also have to understand that, hey, it's like going to war, right? When you go to war, you also kind of, it's nice to kind of think that you're going to be gone for a while and you're going to come back and meet your loved ones, but you also have to take into consideration you might not come back, right? It's the same thing. You know, I don't want to minimize the cost of war or anything because obviously, you know, Nobody's died from losing their business, uh, but um, but it is what it is. You have to take your positives and your negatives, and you have to kind of tell yourself, this is what I'll do if things go well, and this is what I'll do if things do not go well. But really, do spend some time. It's really important, you know, because sometimes it's, it's very, and, and you need that drive. You need that euphoria to drive you forward, right? You need that positive thinking, but it's also important to kind of look back and say, okay, What's something that scares me about this business? And what what is going to happen if I decide, if I go out of business? Like, how do I deal with it? Because if you never consider it, then you're going to, you know, find a very rude awakening um, when you're on the other side. So having said that, um, 
I'm not trying to scare anybody. Actually, congratulations to some of you who have gone in and just literally decided to open a, a business. Good luck. Uh, I've seen a couple of you and, and I think you're doing it right. Um, and I can't wait to maybe stop by, <laughs> just grab a coffee. Um, and, um, you know, good luck. And hopefully this podcast helps either set you in the right direction when you're opening your business, or if you're not sure about it, maybe it's that that kind of slap in the face you need or that punch in the face you need to kind of go, oof, I hadn't thought about getting punched in the face yet. So maybe it just sets you back and, and you decide to do something different. Um, so, all right, good luck. So here we are at the end of this bonus episode. I felt like I needed to do it. I felt like it needed to be done. I had to talk about the fact that the store had been closed. I had to talk about what it means losing it, um, what happens when you lose it, um, and and it's something that everybody has to take in consideration. Um, I consider myself lucky, you know, because um, I I was able to transition through that loss a lot easier and much more smoothly than um, a lot of people do. Um, And I've seen people go through bankruptcy courts and I've seen people age 20 years and six months. Uh, So it's not, it's not a fun place to be, you know, losing your business. Um, And it's not just the loss. It's all of that all of the things that come with it that go on for years and years and years. And, and again, you know, I'm still dealing with mine um, as well and will be dealing with, you know, some of the things that are left from that for the next, you know, two to three years. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I know what I signed up for. Um, people ask me, would you open a coffee shop again now that you kind of went through, went full circle? Uh, the answer is probably Yes. And um, I, I had a lot of fun running the shop. I had a lot of fun seeing my idea come to life. I had a lot of fun making friends with a lot of my customers. Um, and, and with some of them, I continue to this day. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but also, you know, one of the reasons why I started the coffee shop was because I wanted to, or why I kept uh, working on it, because I wanted to see my son, you know, just work there and grow up in 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 his family's business, uh, because I feel like that is the best learning environment ever. And I don't know, you know, now I'm thinking about it, and if I start if I started again, probably one of the biggest reasons would be because I I want to, uh, I want to be able to you know, see my kid work in the business. I want him to grow up, see mom and dad work really hard and, and that things don't come for granted, you know? Um, well, in any case, I, uh, I, I'm actually thinking of um, coming back with a season two of uh, the podcast and it, it, it will not necessarily be a coffee podcast per se. I guess I can dedicate uh, some topics to it, but um I think I, 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 it would be really interesting to focus on 
um, the the start of a, a business. You know what that is. You know those those first few months of working with the idea. The first few months of how do you get you know money and how do you get off the ground, right? Because I think that's where most people need a lot of help. Um, I am fortunate that I uh, that I mentor some entrepreneurs, you know, small entrepreneurs that want to start small businesses, you know, just like uh, a taxi service or um, kind of like a, a flower shop or just just small, small, you know, kind of small businesses. And, and I think those are the most fun um, things to work on. And I think those are most, the most fun to also help. And most of us are not going to start unicorns, right? Most of us are going to start, you know, just small mom and pop type of shops or businesses or whatever it is, whether it's retail or service, you know. So I think being able to bring some of them uh, to light and interview some of them as well and just kind of see what challenges they're going uh, through and, and how do we work about that and how do we work those challenges out, I think would probably help a lot of the people that have listened to um the the season one on how to start a coffee shop right because you know challenges are always the same it's just the the nature of the business that changes uh but everybody has to face with raising money everybody has to say to face uh with marketing it and selling it and trying to get customers in and trying to keep the business going so um so i look forward to it and um thank you so much for spending almost two years, you know, just kind of following and listening. And um, it's, it's been totally worth it for me. So I hope it, it was worth it for, uh, for you guys as well. Um, thank you. And until next time.